0: a very special issue indeed because this is the special free comic book a day edition of the action lab podcast what does that mean to you well action lab has two different books coming out this uh free comic book day we have one on the action lab side which is uh skyward and the debut of midnight tiger and then on the danger zone side we have uh m theory uh, from brockton mckinney we just interviewed a couple podcasts ago and zombie tramp by dan mendoza and uh Lucky lucky for you, we we're able to line up uh, interviews with all of those or almost all of the uh, creators from our free comic book day books. Uh, so you're going to be hearing an interview with uh, Jeremy Dale from Skyward. And then we're joined by Ray Anthony Height, the creator and the mastermind behind Midnight Tiger. It was a small musical interlude, not very long at all. And then we are go right into a three-way interview we, I did with uh, Dan Mendoza um, and TM Chu from Zombie Tramp, and also Jason Martin, uh, editor and uh, uh, creator from Action Lab, who's going to be doing the coloring and some of the other uh, chores on the new Zombie Tramp ongoing. Uh, so we talk about that. We also talk about the free comic book day Zombie Tramp offering. Uh, so this is our special free comic book day edition, and because it's so special, we're going to be eschewing a lot of the regular categories and sub- uh, things that we have going on here like in the news and on the racks, and we'll save all that for later because the big news here is of course free comic book day which as this is being posted should be tomorrow saturday may 3rd Um, not only uh, are we offering two different books from action lab one from the action lab side one from the danger zone side a lot of our creators will be appearing at comic book shops in your neighborhood Uh, we have Literally a transcontinental list of creative types. that will be signing uh, action lab comics drawing um, Doing all kinds of fun stuff at free comic book day events at their local LCS And if you want to get the list to see if some of our action lab people are showing up anywhere near your neck of the woods Then you can go on the Facebook site or or on the Facebook page for action lab entertainment or for action lab danger zone or in the Twitter feed for either Action Lab or Action Lab Danger Zone. That would be at Action Lab and at Action Lab Danger. And see the complete list. We put out one list and then we had some later editions. So we have two whole lists of people that are going to be appearing at their local LCSs, signing Action Lab comics and, and selling you know, the best comics that are on the racks um, from Action Lab. So definitely check that out. Uh, if, you've spent, if you're planning to enjoy the free comic book day festivities, um, see if any of our uh, writers, artists, and other uh, creative types going to be appearing at your LCS. So without any further ado, I'd like to get right to these interviews, because I, I thought they turned out pretty well. It was cool. They are cool people to talk to, so that always makes for a good interview. Um, always makes for, you know, to talk to interesting people, it makes a great interview. So uh, let's get right into the interview with Jeremy Dale and Ray Anthony Height. Hey everybody, and uh, it's Jim back, and I, I have the distinct pleasure this evening of uh, sharing the microphone with Mister Jeremy Dale of Skyward Fame. How are you tonight, sir? I'm doing good. It's great to be on. It's great to have you on. It's uh, it's our special Free Comic Book Day edition of the podcast.
2: Yeah, exciting. And, uh,
0: and I'm I, I'm excited to mention that you are in the you are the uh, the headliner or co-headliner, I guess, of the uh, Free Comic yeah. Book Day. Uh, Actually, yeah. Lab book, along with Ray Heights' uh, Midnight Tiger,
2: yeah, and Ray's book looks amazing. I mean, everything I've seen of it so far. You know, when we were putting the book together, he would turn in pages, and I'd see them as they came through, and just oh, so great! I'm excited for it.
0: It's, it's uh, you know, you're, you're no slouch yourself. I, I love the the, <laughs> the tandem cover that that's running. Uh, just we've been running on the Twitter feed quite a bit. It just really looks great.
2: Yeah, uh, that was even that was uh, colored by uh, Laura Martin. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, the colors for, you know, from Marvel. She's done the yeah, you know. X, Planetary, won the Eisner for coloring and all
0: that. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, it was a real honor. And, uh, you know, her working on Ray and my lines, and she just made it look seamless. So beautiful.
0: Yeah, it's such a striking cover. It really, I think it'll really pop on Free Comic Book Day. Oh, um, yeah. Something I always like to, uh, to, to to ask the people that I interview, because uh, to a person, everybody in the Action Lab organization I've met really has a fond love of comics, not only, you know, of, of comics in particular, but comics as a medium, Uh you know, what, what's your comics DNA? Like, where did you really start to, you know, have an affinity for the form and, you know, really kind of see the, you know, the potential of the medium? And I mean, what are the things that kind of really inspired you to to go into this?
2: Well, yeah, um, like I've said in some other interviews, uh, my dad was a giant comic book fan growing up, and he ran a comic shop starting from the time I think it was about five till around, say, 12 Uh, back in Indiana where I was raised. And uh, so I get to I was actually exposed to not only, you know, the 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 mid 80s comics, like, you know, the John Burns and the George Perez's you know, crisis and secret wars and all that other stuff. But I was also exposed all the way back to the Golden Age and the Silver Age, you know, the Jack Kirby, the Wally Wood, all of that stuff. And it was just uh, just wonderful to have all that perspective because it was all around all the time.
0: That's incredible. It's almost like you took a master class in geekery before you even got started.
2: <laughs> yeah, no joke.
0: Uh, that's pretty great. Um, I, I know that, um, the Skyward, especially just, it, it has that Joseph Campbell flavor that I, I kind of find, you know, the hero's journey, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're with Quinn. It's just that very, I mean, it's, it's the most classic story that, that there is. You yeah. Know? It's a classic
2: myth. And this is a, it starts off, especially as my take on that.
0: Absolutely. I've always been a fan of that. Yeah. I really, what I, I think, where I really enjoy what you're doing. And, and the only thing I can really like, uh, approach uh, a comparison to, I think, that's on the stands now would be something like Saga, would be, like, oh, the that's... the world-building you do. It's like the, you know, you have, like, some of the the, the things that are familiar in a fantasy setting, like elves and, and swords and, you know, these other things. Then you bring in, you know, the rabbites or, you know, Oscar yeah. the, the, the bird or, you know, all these different uh, takes and stuff. It's really cool how, like, we're slowly seeing this, this world building i mean i see a little bit of like elf quest flavor in there mm-hmm. a little game of thrones you know Oh, yeah, um definitely. It, i mean this this is just like i i think what really appeals to me about it is like the the classic nature of the story you know like you're really coming at it you know like
2: yeah, and, and not only that, but, you know, uh, you know, I grew up, uh, I guess I grew up, I was in my teens at the time, but, you know, books like Bone or Telos or uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff CrossGen was doing, the Studio Ghibli animated films, and uh, Calvin and Hobbes were all huge influences on me, and I, I kind of wanted to bring that whimsical action fantasy aspect uh, to comics.
0: It's so refreshing, I mean... You have so many grim and gritty things going on out there. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, with, oh yeah, You know the mainstream comics. To see, you know something like Skyward. Let me ask you a little bit about process, if you don't mind. I mean, you write sure. and draw the book uh, yourself. I do indeed. Yeah. Um, do you work from a? Do you write a script first? Do you do thumbnails first? Do you just go right to the page from like an overview plot? I mean, what, what's your process like? Well, I started off with a general plot
2: outline of where I wanted to go. Uh, I have through issue like, I don't know, 25 or 30 plotted out at the moment uh, in a loose plot. But I take that and I general do uh, like, you know, a a big, quick bullet point list. I know a lot of writers do that as well. Like they'll just like, you know, free form, like toss it onto like a whiteboard or whatever. In my case, it's just a piece of paper with bullet points. And then I'll, uh, I'll thumbnail it from there and then draw it and then do the final script afterward
0: wow so um when you when you're uh when you're going on you know full art full page how much how much uh, are you able to put out in in a day like maybe a page a day two pages you know
2: the typical thing is you know they they tell artists you know aim for a page a day you know sometimes you may take more uh but because of my background and some of the other stuff i've done you know like gi joe and you know some of the marvel stuff the video game work i've done as well uh i kind of developed a a a deadline style on uh gi joe so actually at the moment I'm typically drawing anywhere from two to three pages a day. Wow, uh, plus incredible. all the other, you know, office management stuff that I have to do on the side to keep Skyward moving, you know, negotiating colorists and things like that.
0: Right. I um, one of the first um uh, announcements I had to write a press release here for um for here at Action Lab was uh, uh Skyward going monthly.
2: Yeah. And yeah. and
0: I was I was just like, you know, he writes and draws that book and that art is so detailed and and so you know well realized. I mean, you, you're gonna kill this kid. <laughs> you know, he's trying you know, try to keep schedule. And but.
2: Uh, at the moment, I'd like to think that, uh, you know, we've hit some setbacks, obviously. Uh, uh, you know, I did the, the big Skyward launch signing tour in the fall last year, starting in like September. Uh, so September through December, I think I did 18 different signings uh, wow. for Skyward. And that set me back a little bit. Uh, but in general, I'm just trying to keep on a schedule where I can do it. I, I like to call it thrice quarterly. So at least three issues every four months.
0: I think it's a good schedule. I mean, plus if I the, can do
2: that, I mean that's that's you know yeah that's a lot faster than any other creator-owned book that I know of.
0: Oh, absolutely, and I think it, it works really well with the the fact that we're doing you know three issues in every trade. Yeah, you do three you know three issues in a quarter, and then we have the trade you know month.
2: And it's there. a nice way to, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah, it's no, a no. nice way to you know bring in new readers. It's something small and digestible that they can approach easily without having to shell out you know just a huge you know the twenty spot every time they're looking for a trade.
0: And I know a lot of people have come to Skyward digitally, and that is yeah. from a bigger and bigger part of uh, of of what you do. Does that inform how you go about laying out a page, or how you how you look at your art now? Do you think about the way it's going to be looked in a digital medium, or are you just kind of focused still on the you know, like the the paper the the you know, the the traditional uh, paper medium.
2: Uh, I try to keep it just for the traditional uh, the first time I saw it on Comixology uh, there were a couple times when you, you use the guided view or whatever mm-hmm. and it would go panel to panel and zoom way in on a panel that's maybe like two inches high drawn two inches high and it doesn't look nearly as good on let say like an iPhone zoomed way in mm-hmm. or as finished uh, in that aspect but in general no this was designed for print and that's the way it's supposed to be taken in really uh, the digital stuff is fantastic it's brought in a lot of new readers but I can't stress and keep deadlines by you know aiming for two or three different kinds of media to keep it moving like that
0: oh no i just was wondering if there was something oh, in the back of your mind i mean i know some it of is
2: this in the oh. back of my mind yeah the amount of detail i'm putting into like say backgrounds and some of the other elements i want it to look good no matter what it's on but the the focus for me is definitely print
0: i know that on some of the splash pages um some of the bigger panels you've done like for instance when um when quinn pulls the sword on the Scarrigan. Uh, yeah. the rabbi village i mean that worked really well digitally with the guided view um
2: well that's awesome i was I'm just wondering weird. if that I was actually some... haven't had a chance to actually look at that one on uh, guided view yet
0: yeah i um I, I that's how i keep up with things uh usually is with the digital but um I just, I think, I think, some of the art really, really sings in that medium. So I was just wondering if that was I'm part, of part of. Glad to your... hear
2: that. That's wonderful. Yeah, and, you know, we've too. had some amazing uh, colorists as well to help us, you know, bring that about. We started with Steve Downer, and uh, he kind of got uh, a little bit too much of work from other guys like IDW, and boom, and we had to uh, let him go. But uh, you know, we've worked with James Rochelle, who was at Wildstorm in the '90s, and Laura Martin has done a couple issues now as well. And so we've had some amazing colorists, and also Nate Lovett now, uh, who's currently working. I think he's coloring issue eight right now. So yeah, as I, as I talk about this, he's on issue eight. And uh, it's it's been a really wonderful to work on with people that have great colors like that, because it can make or break an independent book. Especially when people are picking it up off the shelf.
0: Well, I think it really gives your book, I mean, they seem to get it. They seem to get, you know, where you're going with the book. I mean, you don't see a lot of like, you know, gray tones and, and sepias and like, you know, depressing kind of, I mean, yeah. the colors tend to really pop on the page. I mean, they, the characters too are almost like color coded in a way, you know, like, oh exactly, um, yeah. like the way Tanner and and his son all, you know have like the same color clothes or, you know, exactly or Abigail and her father have the same color hair and that kind of thing. Little details like that. I mean, really go a long way to, to, again, that overall world building type thing you're doing.
2: And all of those things are very conscious decisions that I made to kind of show you like, uh, like especially at the beginning of the story, I'm trying to show you that this is a very specific part of the world that I'm in. And as we get further out, you see other peoples wearing different color codes, various uh, other clothing styles, things like that. And it kind of speaks to their their status and class as well as their own character.
0: I mean, absolutely. I mean, in You've been reading, like, the first couple issues when Herod, you know, in the very first issue when Herod attacks the family. Spoilers, sorry, yeah. for issue one.
2: <laughs> sorry, it was six months ago, people. Come on.
0: Yeah, get, get, if you ever read right by now, you have no excuse. You really, really should. It's only 99 cents at Comixology. People. Oh, yeah. Get on the, get on the stick. Um, I mean, you know, like I said, the character design, I mean, obviously that comes through your video game work and, you know, the other kind of work that you've done where you have to really express things visually rather than, you, know, you really have to show rather than tell. But I really yeah. think it comes through a lot in Skywalker the character design is just really striking and you can by just by looking at someone kind of almost figure out where they fit in the in the pecking order
2: well it was one of the things i wanted to do when i decided to do a creator owned book as opposed to taking some of the marvel and dc work or whatever that i was offered was i wanted to create characters that were iconic enough that you could immediately go okay that's who that is you don't have to worry about it you can see even a silhouette in many cases and you can tell who the characters are that's an old animation adage that, uh, you know, the Disney guys would use and Glen Keane and some of the other video game people, too, but also in comics. And even though now we're much more, I say, seem heavy in the current age of uh, Marvel and DC superhero design and things like that. I think the the iconic designs, the classic designs are the ones that still sing to this day. And that's why they, they're evergreen. They're still around now.
0: Absolutely. I mean, and like you know, the little visual cues, like you know, Garrick's, uh crazy hair, you know, or, yeah. or Abigail's kind of tight, almost severe ponytail, you know, showing that she's very focused and stuff. Just yeah, those little I visual cues it. like that, I think, are really, really subtle but really cool. But I go through the work quite a bit. So I know that um, your your better half, um, Miss Miss Kellydale, are <laughs> are Public relations mistress. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what her I think
2: they her. call her the, the marketing the queen, director Empress, in charge yeah, of yeah. the known universe. The so. master of all planning ever. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Logistics queen or something. Um, I know she has, plan- she has been, been part of this huge initiative that we're doing on Free Comic Book Day to have creators in, in local comic stores all over the country. But yeah, it's really um, exciting. Where are you going to be on Free Comic Con?
2: I am going to be at Heroes Aren't Hard to Find in Charlotte, North Carolina. These are the guys that run Heroes Con, which is one of the best shows of the year. I was and at my first Heroes Con show. last oh. year.
0: Oh, it was so great, fun. right? It was great. I had such a good time. Met so did you
2: get people. a chance to do the, the art auction on Saturday night?
0: I did, and I would, and I kicked myself for not having enough money to really get anything because there's so many I know. It's so exciting. great pieces. Was- I had to give my, one, my wife one uh, Game of Thrones piece that I saw, but I really— oh, awesome. I'll know better next time. <laughs> Save some money for Saturday. Well, they night.
2: bring in so many great artists with great, uh, wonderful pieces, and they do pieces for the auction as well. And and the auction also brings in a bunch of the, the you know the the high bidders in the art, original art world. I guess uh, the original art collectors and those guys, you know, they, they get into it and they really, you know, they kind of go each other on the prices go sky high in some cases. And it, it's really exciting to see. I love that about that show. And uh, I love the family aspect where, you know, you do that show enough, or, you know, maybe one, two, three years, and suddenly you're just your family, the fans come, they'll bring you baked goods,
0: right. you know,
2: they'll chat you up, you know, you know, their kids, that kind of thing. And it's a, it's really a, just a wonderful show in general. I would recommend it to anybody.
0: I, I totally, agree. I definitely concur. What I, I think really struck me the most about it was that it was definitely a comic book centric show. Oh, absolutely. It's it wasn't, all comics. Yes, it was. I mean, there were some other pop culture things there. There was some anime, there was some manga, but um, definitely, I mean, it was very comic centric and, and very much oh, a yeah. comic con. And I really appreciated that about it. So. And one
2: of the last ones that's like that now.
0: Yeah, that's uh, true. I, that I right would
2: true. also say a couple other bo- uh, shows that do that uh, would be like Emerald City in Baltimore. Uh, Comic Con both do that
0: Yeah I've been to Baltimore before And that is a great con as well Yeah Lots so. of fun people there So you guys will be there All day Saturday Signing and sketching We'll and... be
2: there uh, Signing on Saturday All day I'll be doing free sketches For the fans And uh, you know Hanging out And just uh, enjoying the show Really
0: That'll be that'll be great. And they um, really re-
2: they really do throw a really fun event with the the free comic book day. They bring in just tons of people, and everybody's just excited to be there. And there's so many new readers that have never picked up a book before or a comic, and uh, they they really just get excited about the whole experience.
0: It's awesome. I it's great that we we're able to coordinate so many people at so many locations too. And if you guys are interested uh, to see if any of our creators are showing up anywhere at an LCS near you, you can check our Facebook group or our Twitter feed and the I've been rotating the list uh, pretty pretty steadily through there, so you would be able to get the entire list and lowdown of all our craters at all of our different spots. Um, again, you know, Sky, Skyward is uh, the free comic book day, but also I wanted to mention coming up, Skyward number ten. Yeah. something very special about that because it's a new jumping on point. Do you want to elaborate?
2: Absolutely. Well, uh, we're building up to a really big uh, event starting in issue seven, but it continues through issue nine called the Battle of Three Rivers. For those that have been reading the book or are familiar with it, uh, there's a battle brewing uh, with Herod's army, and they're heading towards Three Rivers. There's going to be a giant face-off standoff, and there's going to be a battle there. And it's just this huge, massive undertaking. I'm currently drawing it right now in issue nine. And uh, just you know, 50 people per page, armies marching, armies attacking. And at the end of that battle, certain things will be changing, and that's the perfect jumping on point because it's going to be offering a lot of new readers the chance to just jump in effortlessly. So we figured uh, a dollar issue would be a good way to uh, celebrate that.
0: I think that's incredible, and uh, I mean, it, it, anything that will get this book into people more in people's hands is, is yeah, is is Ace with me. I'm just um, I, I'm. I just really appreciate. it. It's such a breath of fresh air. I know I've said this a few times on yeah. the show, on the podcast, when I've described the book. But it's just such a breath, breath of fresh air when there's so many, you know, comics that are just dragged down by their own mythos or their own sternum drying or, or their, oh, uh, you yeah. know, grim and gritty. Oh, I, I've killed them. You know, I've it's just like just all these, you know, heavy, 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 and it's just so nice. I mean, not that there are, there is not, you know, emotional payoffs or characterization mm-hmm. or gravitas. In Skyward, but it's just such a, a breath, it's just such a, a light, fun adventure, you know, story in, in comparison well, you know, above all contrast to that. Yeah,
2: you know. above all, I want to make it approachable. I want it something that anybody can just, you know, pick up on the fly and enjoy. And that's why, uh, you know, I also actually, coincidentally, I'm, I I've brought in so many of the, the, the variant artists that we're having for the covers. Mm-hmm. You know, we started with, uh, you know, Stefan Rue, Mike Norton, and, uh, you know, Kari Randolph. But, you know, uh, like we also brought in guys like Darwin Cook, who's doing issue 12's cover. Uh, you know, Phil Noto's cover for, I think, what is it, uh, issue 7. is just gorgeous. Possibly oh, yeah. my favorite. I don't know if you've seen it yet.
0: I have. We we actually did a preview of the art on the Twitter feed uh, just a few weeks nice. ago. and Yeah, that is really sweet. I, I can't wait to yeah. I haven't seen the Darwin Cook one yet. So.
2: Yeah, the Darwin Cook is, uh, I think it's issue 12. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, Phil Noto, the Darwin cook, Gene Ha did an issue, David Peterson of Mouse Guard, uh, Mark Buckingham, you know, who draws fables. And that's like the king of fantasy books right now. He did a piece, uh, you know, Randy Green, Brandon Peterson, just the list goes on and on and on and on.
0: And these guys just just had
2: so much enthusiasm themselves.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, And if anything, I mean, a book like Fables or a book like Saga or whatever really shows that if you strike – the right chord with the right idea you know that that fantasy comics can really find an audience and find a following I mean, oh absolutely and it's it's really cool that he would cross over and, and do something for skyward yeah
2: it's been uh, just tremendous and you know we're so humbled by some of the the works they've been putting out and some of these alternate variant covers and Oh, just beautiful stuff. I cannot uh, stress how much and how thankful I am to those guys for all the enthusiasm they've shown for us.
0: It's got to be really cool to see your creations done by artists that you really admire as well. Yeah,
2: and in a way, it almost gels your universe as if it's like it kind of almost means more in a way. You know, you see uh, creator-owned books or smaller books all the time, independent ones, you know, say at Image or Dark Horse or whatever. And those characters are only ever drawn by the creator. But when you see it drawn by somebody else, you're like, wow, okay, hold on. They totally live and breathe now, you know?
0: Right. It's just, uh, I just, I don't know. Like you said, the Phil Noto is just a a cool take. Um,
2: Possibly the best cover I've seen him draw in like maybe 10 years or more.
0: That's saying something because his art's always spectacular. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Um,
0: And joining us on the call right now is uh, Ray Anthony Height, co-creator and uh, mastermind behind um, Jeremy's bookmate for the uh, the free comic book day uh, offering from Action Lab, Midnight Tiger. It's the the debut, isn't it, Ray? It is, it is. And uh, thanks for
3: having me on the podcast.
0: No, I'm I'm happy to have you. Believe me, it's it's so it's always great to to talk to you know uh, the creators here at Action Lab. I just it's just a really cool, diverse group of people that you know that do everything here. But tell me tell me a little bit about Midnight Tiger. Like I said, it's the big free comic book day debut you're sharing the cover with jeremy's uh, skyward and the book uh which give me is the, the elevator that? give me the elevator pitch
3: okay uh kid was in love with superheroes superheroes aren't in love with his city so uh he you know praying as a little kid they would come and and help a city out they don't he's pissed off and he's like well to hell with him and On that that very uh, day, where he decides to just give it up, you know, uh, as uh, Kismet would have it, one happens to be in peril in his neighborhood, and uh, you know, a few unfortunate events take place. He ends up with similar powers uh, than as the uh, as the guy who was there, and uh, he decides, you know what, I'm going to use these abilities to not join the team that this guy came from, but to basically clean up my own city since no other heroes would be here and the cops are dirty. So that's pretty much it.
0: Sweet. I love the character design, by the way, it's just really, really cool, cool look, cool, cool costume. It just really uh, sets itself apart from a lot of things. It's really interesting. I'm here. I've, I did hear the synopsis from midnight tiger before, and it kind of, um, tell me, tell me from, I'm far off here. It kind of, I kind of get the invincible vibe from it. Like or maybe mm-hmm. Ultimate Spider Man, you know, teen hero trying to do right in uh you know, against all odds. And, and am I far off?
3: Uh, no, no, no. You're actually in the ballpark. Um it it will it probably re it's I'll tell you this, it probably reads like Invincible. Um in that uh it's, it's you know, I have teenagers, so I use a lot of <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah I, I, yeah you're hey
0: lying. right what you know so, is the best advice right
3: exactly exactly <laughs> and you know with and also uh Dwayne Fingstra who is co-writing it um you know he's a teacher so he works with teenagers all the time so we're we uh that's the feel of it where it's kind of you know you get the feel of the teenager vibe and everything but it's kind of a social commentary on you know, really looking at, at life, you know, people are born in a certain situation and they look at things and don't think that they could do much better. They just uh, sit and say, well, this is the card that life dealt me and I'm just going to play them that way. Instead of thinking outside the box and saying, you know what, I don't have to stay here. I don't have to be in this, you know, uh, this way that society views us. I'm going to do things to either inspire others to change things or change things myself. And that's kind of
2: the theme of the book. That's, that's, you know, one of the, one of the things I really like about Midnight Tiger myself, and I got to see a lot of Ray's pages, like I said earlier, as they were coming in uh, for the project, Free Comic Book Day. One of the things I always liked about your work, Ray, uh, you know, we've known each other for years. I think since like 1999 or something. Uh, is that you, you've, you yeah, yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. Uh, you have this almost like a really open next generational thing like it's, it's like, especially with Midnight Tiger, it's this it's this new superhero for a new day type of thing. And it's just it's open to new readers. It's not trying to close itself off. I love that.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, that's basically what it is. It's not, um, you know, it's, it's kind of funny how this whole thing uh is is hitting me now because it's about to come out and you know the whole thing with the kickstarter yeah i got a little bit of of the buzz of what people liked about it but now with action lab behind it and uh the promotion that everyone's doing you know kelly and jeremy everybody who's involved um a lot of people are getting an idea of what's in store and i'm getting a lot of early feedback and uh it's it's interesting what people are taking from it because that's the same thing that Jeremy you just said. A lot of people are saying the same thing. It's it's very open. It doesn't matter yeah. if uh, the character is of uh, African American descent or whatever. It's kind of it's easily accessible. Exactly.
0: I think that's so, awesome. Uh, a lot of the uh, you know, teenage superheroes are seem to be bogged down with continuity from the big two. You know, something fresh and new take. I think is really um, really something that is lacking in the in the, in the you know, in the industry right now. I mean, you know, Invincible's in his twenties, so that's kind of he's yeah, kind of aged yeah. out of that. But um, uh, something that really I mean, uh, something strikes me in listening to you, you say, you know, you have teenagers, so you're able to use a lot of that. I think one of the pitfalls of a lot of books that follow, you know, that you know, and something that you avoid too, Jeremy, is that um, when teenagers don't sound like teenagers. You know what I mean? They sound like adults. Yeah. What adults yeah. think teenagers sound like like they try um,
2: too hard to sound hip
0: yeah right yeah. or when they try to try too hard to sound <laughs> you know young or, or, or kid like uh it just it, it doesn't ring true but I, I since you have the source material right there i mean
3: oh yeah totally i mean their their attitudes and different things because i think we all have seen or read different uh, depiction of teenagers either they're they seem uh depicted as wiser than their years
2: yeah uh, yeah
3: you know i mean really right Or like really morose, like the
2: goth and emo movement. Yeah.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, you know, we've all been teenagers. I know some of us uh, a lot longer than others. (laughs) 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 But um, you know, just think about that awkward time that you you went through. I mean, just really trying to find yourself and knowing, in hindsight, that most of us, you know, didn't even know who the hell we were until we're in our late twenties. You know, so it's a lot of growing. You know, and that's the thing, like you're, you're going to to grow the character and there are going to be mistakes that are going to be made. And, and one of the things that like for me that you'll you'll end up seeing in the book is that early on, you're going to see this kid's not Peter Parker. Like He's not the guy who figures out, hey, I can't use my powers to beat the crap out of a bully. Yeah. Or be the, you know, the best player on the basketball or football team. You know, this kid is is a real kid, and if you had those abilities, you'd try a little bit of everything.
0: Yeah, so, exactly, yeah, definitely. I mean,
3: so that's that's where we're going, and and um, I think it's it's uh, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a lot of fun.
2: And one of uh, one of my favorite more, I guess I say recent books, but it's been ages now. I mean, it's even been a com- uh, cartoon. But uh, I was a really big fan of, you know, the lighthearted stuff on Young Justice back when, you know, Peter yeah. David and uh, Todd Nock were working on it. And uh, their work on that was so fun. And, you know, they had impulse on the team. And he was just, you know, he was he totally read to me as a young teenager. And that's yeah. one of the things I like about, you know, Midnight Tiger from what I've seen of it so far is it really feels like you're trying to capture that that awkward enthusiasm that so many you teenagers. Know, Teenage or younger heroes seem to have. Oh, absolutely. Or would have.
0: Yeah, I think you, you uh, have run, Runaways time. is a good example of that too. Yeah. J- have no
2: you more. read the Free Comic Book Day issue yet? Yes, I have. I, I uh, put together the book for the Free Comic Book Day. Jeremy, year. I know you have, but have, have has Jim?
0: Has okay. A so. I have not yet. No, no, I'm waiting until Saturday. Actually. Oh, but nice.
3: Jer- Jeremy already knows. Like in the first day yeah. you can see angst. It's like a lot of, <laughs> it's a little angst.
0: <laughs> Wait a minute, <laughs> uh, angst in teenagers. what what What? are you are you you kidding
3: (laughs) yeah i mean you know and teenagers get pissed off with their friends like you know that's one thing about about teens too like you know they they fight and then they're best buddies the next day
2: exactly and they also don't have the perspective of what you know what time really is yet yeah exactly 10 years ago for them they were like in you know almost in diapers practically yeah
3: and and no memory of what the heck they were doing so exactly and that's the kind of thing that's the, the fun thing and the stuff that uh they're stuck with his dad um you know because his mom's not around so but there's some good moments with his dad his dad's trying to trying to teach him things he's not there all the time but he is paying attention and you'll see that uh that's another thing that'll be different where a lot of these parents i mean i haven't seen that since on may like I may paid attention to everything peter used to do yeah but, yeah. Right. But now it's kind of like, no, I mean, except for like now in <laughs> Invincible Invincible. Yeah. That happens. Especially when, when Mark early on in his, in his uh, heroine career, his mom was very worried. Um, to the point where she was drinking. So. <laughs>
2: yeah. And uh, now, now, oh, especially sorry, in Invincible. Yeah. They have the parents are almost like uh, they're off on their own adventure. Almost. Yeah. They're almost absentee. They, yeah. Exactly. Aren't they? Like, mm-hmm. you don't know what the heck's happened. This kid's coming. And I in. love those two characters so much. I love that book. Oh yeah, I, it's my
3: favorite book. But um, you know the feel of, like you mentioned, uh, Peter David and Todd Knox, uh, Young Justice. Mm-hmm. That's part of the, the inspiration. I was very influenced by um, Mar Wolfman, George Perez, Teen Titans, and oh, yeah. oh man, and uh, and uh, New Warriors. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Ron Fens and uh, Mark Bagley. Uh, you know
2: yeah i I know that you and i both were actually like uh we were both petitioning for the right to get to do that series if they brought it back at one point
3: i know know. (laughs) Now, what have they had now like guys like two different versions they got the current version yeah uh you know the one that that uh paco medina and uh kevin grievous did i think Mm -hmm. so i don't know my dog's barking and i have no clue (laughs) (laughs) um but anyway, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the fuel that I'm going for here. So, you know, hopefully people that'll come across with people and, and, and they'll say, hey, you know, this is what we've been looking for, because I hear that a lot, too. Nice.
0: Yeah, I think that book, the free comic book day book is going to end up in a lot of people's hands. It's going to impress a lot of people. Um, what is uh, next for Midnight Tiger after the free comic book day book?
3: Well, the, um, that'll launch right into um, the miniseries, which starts in July. And uh, it's four issues, and it basically sets up his world. Um, I'm hoping that it goes into an ongoing. I got my fingers crossed. That You know, that's that's the plan. Um, but I'm sure it's based on sales and stuff. But you'll see him uh, in his element really learning the ropes. And, you know, just like anything, it, it takes practice. A lot of practice. You're going to take a lot of lumps. And this kid's going to take a lot of lumps. So... Uh, but one thing about the character is that he he's tenacious. You know, he's not a genius. He's not starting out with, you know, already cool stuff. Like, he's an average kid. Like, seriously. So, you know, his dad wasn't a superhero. Has, the only thing that he might have that that would be an edge is that he, he is a, a superhero fanboy. So if there is a place that, let's say there was a big battle, let's say Spider-Man and the Lizard had a fight, um, he'd go to the, the battle site after it was over and try to pick up things from the fight. <laughs> so that, 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 that's one of his little personality things. So you'll see, you know, in the future, like he'll, he'll, he'll have a little box. Like he's, at this point he's put it away because he's pissed off. But, you know, once he gets into the whole Midnight Tiger thing, uh, you'll see that uh, he'll go back. Hey, you know, I picked this up from this battle, blah, 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 maybe this will help me in this, you know, situation. So, Sweet. Uh, yeah.
0: So that means that if it's coming in July, it'll be solicited in this month's previews.
2: It is. Uh, uh,
0: oh,
3: oh, yeah. Previews. It already is. Sweet. You're, you actually let me know, didn't you? Uh,
2: maybe. I don't remember. At this point, I feel like I've done so many shows in the past several weeks. I don't even know what day it is half the time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Catch up. I mean, you know. Oh, yeah. The whole convention thing and appearance, that's a part of our job. So yeah. It out there.
0: Are you It's making- getting
2: more and more active, too.
0: Yeah. I'm sorry, I mean um, No problem. Are you, uh, are you making an appearance on Free Comic Book Day? Or are you doing a signing array?
3: I am. I, I'm actually going to be at two places. Wow. Uh, not at the same time, though. That'd, that'd be a superpower. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to be in uh, Manhattan Beach at the Comic Bug uh, from 11 until about 1.30-ish. And then I'm going to head on over uh, to Comics, Tunes and Toys in Tustin. And I'll be there from two thirty to closing.
2: So cool. that, that's a that's in uh, California. Yeah, that is
0: in California, sir. Cool, cool. That is a lot of signing, sir.
2: Yeah, it is. As a matter of fact, when
3: I went to WonderCon, uh, I'm I'm actually friends with uh, the guys who run the stores. Actually, oh, cool. my best friend owns a store too, and he asked me to come. I was like, dude, I'm already doing <laughs> So, <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, I, I saw. Uh, Mike Wellman who who uh, I think he co-owns uh, the comic book, and we've been friends a long time. And he's like, dude, I got like 150 copies of the Skyward Midnight Tiger book. And I was like, nice. hey, that? <laughs> that's a lot of signing. And I got to do at least all I can uh, in the first, what, three hours, three and a half hours? So
0: Yeah. It's it going to be interesting. Sounds like a great time.
3: Oh, I love that. I love both shops, actually. It's going to be fun. You know, I want to see... Um, you know, people read them as they wait in line for the signing. Yeah,
2: right? Isn't that cool? Exactly. Hmm. And then they come to you like, "Dude, I love this scene" or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's gonna be
0: awesome. That's gotta be uh, gratifying to have like immediate feedback like that.
2: Absolutely.
3: I mean, um, that's the best thing that you could get because they're looking at you. They're waiting. They're waiting to voice their opinion. (laughs) Good, good, bad, or indifferent, right?
2: And and honestly, yeah, the reason we do (laughs) shows. The reason we do conventions is to get that personal feedback too, as much as it is to make a buck. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, it's fun to connect
3: with fans. I mean, that's honestly my favorite, favorite part of doing this job is, is connecting with fans and uh, really talking to them, seeing what they think about all kind of stuff. Not even my stuff. You know, I'm gonna uh, ask them what they thought about Skyward. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. Awesome.
3: You know, just to, to see.
0: Well, hopefully, I will see both of you at HeroesCon this year. And
3: uh, <laughs> I would love to go this year, I really would. I've been t- telling Jeremy, lying to him, I'm like, dude, I'm gonna go, and <laughs> I don't. So, <laughs> uh yeah. I've got to go because you know, he's talked it up, uh, Mark Brooks has talked it up. Uh, Have I'm, you never
2: done the show? I've never
3: done one. Oh time. man, you're killing me! Yeah, I know, I it's know, such a great show, Jim. What do you think? What do you think? I had
0: my first to- Heroes Con experience last year, and it was great. Oh, I uh I even issued going to the Pittsburgh con so I could go to that con this year. Oh,
3: see, and I gotta you get know. out I'm I'm learning from Jeremy. Like it's all about the show.
2: <laughs> see, there you go. You gotta do heroes soon. You gotta do it. Next year at the latest, man, we gotta get you out there. You know what? I
3: by if this thing works out this year, I'll probably be at a lot of shows uh that are out of state for me. Very cool.
0: Yeah, I think what's cool about that show is just the access. You know, like you said, uh the feedback from the fans um they don't have like a marvel booth or a dc booth there but i mean like matt fraction and kelly Sue DeConnick were there and jason aaron were there signing you know books and stuff and talking to fans but
2: and yeah and to tell you the truth they even have the the marvel editors there and the dc editors you know kind of walking around talking to the talent and things like that so it's not like even though they don't have an official presence they're there mm-hmm. uh they're just there for uh, you know different purposes i guess that's yeah,
0: cool. It was very, very good show. I, I thought anyway. Yeah. All
2: right. So what did I, I miss?
3: I know I missed some good stuff.
0: <laughs> You'll have to mostly, listen to the podcast to find out. Yeah, <gasps>
2: mostly me talking about Skyward, man. So you're missing out. Oh
3: man. Okay.
0: <laughs> Thanks, guys, for talking to me tonight. I really appreciate it. I've been it's been my honor to talk to Skyward's uh, Jeremy Dale and Midnight Tigers' Ray right. Anthony Height. Uh, the co uh, co um, owners I guess of the free comic book day uh, comic from action lab uh, half skyward half midnight tiger and if you uh, definitely get a hold of that and check it out those are I mean, and singly and together two of the best comics on the stand so thank you oh. very much for talking to me guys
2: thank hey, you no Rob my pleasure yeah.
0: Hey everybody, Jim Deneas here at the Action Lab podcast, and it is my distinct pleasure this evening to talk to not one, not two, but three of the incredible creatives uh, here in the Action Lab stable. Uh, we have the the uh, mastermind behind Zombie Tramp, Mister Don or Dan Mendoza. Sorry, Dan. Like it's been a long, trying day of uh, three year olds for me. So, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: Dan Mendoza from Zombie Tramp. We have uh, the artist and cover artist of uh, Zombie Tramp. One, we'll get to that a little bit later. Mister TM Chu. Uh, hello, and the uh, the editor, head guru, uh, galactic overlord of Dan- Action Lab Danger Zone, Mr. Jameson Martin. Howdy. Also known for, of course, Night of the uh, Night of the Eighties Undead, which I thought was a lot of fun too. But um. Oh, yes. Cool. Yes. Before we get to, you know, talking about the Zombie Tramp uh, project in particular, real quickly, just, um, and we'll go, you know, I guess from, from Dan to TM and then to Jason, just a little bit about, um, I mean, everybody I've met who's been, uh, associated with Action Lab has a real, you know, fondness and affinity for the, the, the um, the, the medium of comics, you know, just enjoying comics onto themselves. What, what's your, like your comics DNA? Like, where do you come from into, into, uh, drawing comics? I mean, what are some of the things that really, you know, not, not even inspired you, but just kind of made you realize, wow, this is something that I could do. And this is something I really love and enjoy.
1: Um, just for me, it was just, I don't know. I just, I've always liked comics. Um, I didn't get to comics though until I was like maybe 12 or something or 13, you know, like in junior high and stuff. Um, yeah. But um but yeah, I you know, I, I used Late to be into Yeah. It just it was like missing the bus from school and walking home and there happened to be a comic book store there, you know what I mean? So um but yeah, uh, as far as uh, <laughs> sounds like the- an <laughs> origin
4: story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as far as, far one, as one day after being reprimanded yeah. at school Dan missed the bus,
0: and... <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the tough kid's ripped his poncho and he had to into. make a
3: new
4: one out of mylar. Yeah. It was like an hour. It was like an
1: hour walk home. I was like halfway through it. I could stop at the comic book store. But um, but yeah, um, yeah, I've always been to into animation and things like that. And um, uh, when I started doing Zombie Tramp, it was mostly because um. Um, animation takes too long, so uh, so I was like, well, if I just make it a, a comic book, I could get way more done. So that's basically because I did. I was trying to do little short things on my own, as far as uh, just doing animation things at home in my spare time, and it took me like, like the last thing I did was like a two-minute little action sequence. It took me like a year. So I was like, no, this is taking too long. So Are you
0: working digitally or with ink and paper? Paper. Wow. No wonder, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a <laughs> process, man, it really is. Yeah, it's like, paper. Show, you know?
1: yeah it's like paper and After Effects, basically. So.
0: <laughs> How about you, TM? When did you uh, start enjoying comics and realizing it would be a cool uh, thing to try your hand at?
5: Uh, Actually, uh, I started at a pretty young age. I guess I got my hands on the comic around five years old or something. It was like a Batman, and I was like, oh, God. I was hooked from there and then I never actually read them I just looked at the pictures. And uh from there I sort of uh, moved into anime from American comics. I got hooked into anime and manga and then later I got introduced into the European style comics <laughs> which I guess is sort of a mixture between American and manga I guess you could say. I don't know I just yeah. <laughs> uh <laughs> I'm terrible at these
0: things. Dude. No, it's cool, man. Do you remember that Batman comic that you read? I'm an artist. D- 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 draw. I don't do any of this stuff. <laughs> do you remember what artist uh, drew that Batman comic that you read when you were five?
5: Oh, yeah. i was pretty sure it was Jim Lee.
0: Wow. I just, now I feel really, really old. Yeah, okay, so Jason. Kind of like, <laughs> Jim, you thought he was
4: going like, to say Bob Kane? No, I was and, like Neil
0: Adams. So I was so like, oh, Bill right, Adam, right, Adams. Maybe Norm or somebody, you know. But.
5: Well, you got to realize my memory's going, so that might be totally off. I might have been like 14. So. <laughs> <laughs> Don't trust this man.
0: <laughs>
5: I'm lying about my name. How can you trust my age and dates? <laughs> <laughs>
0: don't worry this won't be used in a court of law
4: oh, okay. the so. artist known as
0: TM right <laughs> artist known as maybe TM. what about you Jason what brought you to comics Star Wars
4: Marvel Star Wars Comics? epic movie ever made yeah yeah polybag Star Wars comics uh, at the old uh, local retail store and um brought them home and you know flipped out that I could yes so we're talking 1970s here boys um, before videotape that was that was the way that you um, you know took home the movie experience with you was through Marvel Comics adaptations and so yeah with the the not only was it amazing to have a piece of Star Wars to bring home I could get out my tracing paper and I could draw Darth Vader and stormtroopers to my heart's delight
0: Nice. So, you know, I actually got spoiled. Um, I got spoiled to Empire Strikes Back by one of those um, Marvel Super Specials. <laughs> um, my local <laughs> you it before the movie? It came out like two weeks before the movie. I was at my mini-mart playing Defender, and I saw it on the stack. I'm like, what the hell is this? I took it home, and I showed it to all my friends. I'm like, oh, this is the new movie. This is a new movie. No one of them would believe me. They saw it was another Star Wars comic uh, until the movie came out. But, yeah, I got it like two weeks before uh, the movie came out. It's my first encounter yeah. with spoilers ever. <laughs> yeah, I
4: remember I had the uh, the novelization. It came out before the movie. I don't remember if the comics. I, I suppose they must have come out early too. But I remember having the novel. It's like, oh, I'm gonna. F- I get to see what the next movie is. But I never read that thing. <laughs>
0: okay, well, um, we have a, a huge free comic book day with Action Lab. I mean, I already got to talk to Jeremy Dale and uh, and Ray. Uh, height about uh skyward and, and midnight tiger and now on the action lab danger zone side we have zombie tramp and m theory and I just interviewed Brockton about m theory on probably about a month ago and uh, kind of covered that ground of what what m theory was all about but um for the people that are listening that aren't familiar give me the elevator pitch of zombie tramp like the you know the under 500 words uh, kind of you know overview of zombie tramp where where it is and where it's going
1: you do it, Jason. You're, you you can
4: break it down really nicely. So. Oh, I was hoping we'd get it from the from the horse's mouth. <laughs> um, well, I basically, rambled. she was uh, Hollywood's hottest high price call girl, and uh, her uh, transvestite madam set her up on a bad date with the uh, LAPD sheriff, uh, who happened to have his son chained up in the basement uh, that was a zombie. Uh, she gets bitten by the zombie. But um, she doesn't become your run-of-the-mill zombie. She's more like uh, Peter Parker getting bit by the spider. She, she gets zombie-like powers. She maintains her uh, mental abilities. And so she uh, sets out to you know, figure out what's happened to her and what these abilities are. Um, and uh, Dan... Uh, created it and did a uh, a first series that was the origin that was three issues that uh, Action Lab Danger Zone just re-released uh, last year and then he just finished up the uh, sequel series um, volume two which came out in singles I think issue four is due out in shops any moment now and then there'll be a trade collection of that as well and then the group of us, the three of us here, are, are fast at work on the new uh, relaunched uh, ongoing monthly series of Zombie Tramp where she uh, uh, now has the Necronomicon, the Book of the Dead, and is using that to further explore her abilities and just kind of wind her way around the roadsides of America, stumbling into supernatural uh,
0: escapades one of the things that the, or a couple of things that really struck me about the book first of all It's not an uh, it doesn't seem like in, in the book in a way. That's an overall zombie apocalypse outbreak You know, what I mean, it doesn't no. seem like there are zombies, you know, like in the walking dead or you know 28 days later or whatever It just seems like there were just a few and I think that's an interesting take an interesting angle to, to work and you don't see that A lot in zombie fiction. Also, the second thing I really that really strikes me about the book is the use of black and white and color like oh, you know, right. when you we see Janie's eyes and they're blue, which she's alive, or the use of red, you know, of course for the gore, and, but also for, you know, dresses or whatever, and and just the black and white. I really like that stylistic choice. I think it really sets it apart. Uh,
1: thanks. Um. Yeah. When I when I first did the series, um, I wanted to just do a black and white book. Um, it's all I had time for, so I I, I saw my black and white book, and then I got I started to add in the red and stuff like that. I thought it looked nice. Um. Uh, you know, I I, I kind of just said, "Oh, well, well, if if I'm only gonna do limited color, I might as well like assign a color to a character." So it was like Janie's eyes are blue, uh, Zula's eyes were yellow, and you know, later on I got a, another character. Her her color was orange. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like nothing else in that book is really ever that color except for those characters. Um, you know what I mean? And then it's so so when I do use color, color actually has a meaning. But that was um, a but cool the whole,
0: signifier too. I thought, you know, to like separate the characters, yeah. you know, um, yeah. thematically. It's pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty cool.
1: Yeah, but the new series, the new series, um, we we talked about going. I uh, was keeping it in that black and white uh, with a little limited color and things like that. But um, ultimately, we wanted to try to go full color and see see how the
0: fans like that. And uh, I, I think it looks really well. It looks really nice. Now the um tell me about is the uh the um, story that's in the free comic book day edition is that a standalone story or is that a bridge between the mini series and the next series
1: Yeah it's it's a bridge between um the the two uh the two mini series that I did on my own and um and and an introduction into the to the new series that that Tim um drawing on and um I what we did is oh we, for all the flashbacks and, and kind of recaps of things from the other book, you know, we just used um, all my original pages and kept it the black and white with the limited color for the flashback stuff. And her when she's thinking about things, and uh, and then full color for all the stuff that TM Chu did. And uh, it turned out really nice.
4: Yeah, Jim, it's uh, it it, it it's also a standalone issue too, story too. It works, you know, really well just to. A short little vignette that gives you kind of the catches you up to speed on what zombie tramp is and uh like dan said it also works as a bridge between the the his series and and the new one and yeah it's it's going to be full color now and I'm, i'm doing the colors on the book
1: sweet yeah jason's jason's like doing everything he's he's like coloring it lettering it he's like he's uh
4: Co-writing, a, coloring,
1: and yeah, letter. he's with me troubleshoot. We we brainstorm together on stories, and you know, I mean, he's he's full on this book. He's you know, out chopping down
0: trees for the paper. He's he's, yeah, he, he's mixing yeah, he, the yeah. ink in big batches. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's he's like squeezing squids for ink instead of this is crazy. It's a, like, nice.
0: Gathering zombies for reference. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, going to keep him staying still, right? Yeah. Uh. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we decided that uh, it's it's hard to I don't know for it's hard to trust people to uh to make deadlines.
0: So uh, Jason's like, I'll just do the whole thing. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's um it's interesting the the book. I mean, it's called Zombie Tramp. So obviously, you know, you're not looking for a Shakespearean level of no. um, storytelling. But I mean, there I think that it's cool that you've come up with this kind of spine of a story that you know is kind of uh, grown as the story you know has going on. And now she has the Necronomicon that opens up a lot of you know other different you know storylines or whatever. I guess uh you know, when I try to you know, compare it to something else, I'd probably go with like maybe like the early Yonin Vasquez, you know, like Johnny the homicidal maniac or Squee, yeah. the kind of like you know, yeah. no limits kind of humor, like everything's on the table kind of kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um you I mean, got watered down a little bit in in Invader Zim. But um when when you're writing Zombie Tramp is is there a line you won't cross? Is there a limit? I mean, it just seems like there um, know, there there are no there are no limits, there are no taboos uh, to to be uh, you know. I would to be I would there. say that
1: right now, yeah, there's really no taboos. Um, I I just yeah, I just want to keep it really grindhouse and you know anything could happen. But I don't want it to be where it's just it's just super super just corny. You know what I mean? I want it to actually still have good story, even though. you know even though it's it's like a dark humor book you know i mean i just don't i don't want to be not in a way not taken seriously even though it's not a i don't want to be taken seriously at the same time
0: (laughs) no (laughs) it makes total sense (laughs) yeah
4: kind of the sam raimi vibe you know where things can be kooky crazy but still
0: gritty and and dark yeah there's such a fine line to walk to i mean so few like comics or movies or, or different things have gotten that right, you know that just like that line between humor and horror. That I mean, like you say, the Evil Dead films, or say Shaun of yeah, the Dead, yeah. or um, yeah. Creep Show is another good example. Um, but yeah, that kind of thing. It's just and um, I, I think you I think you're right there. you you're, you're doing well so far. Um, now in the, this month's previews. Uh, the first issue of the new, is it an ongoing series? Is it going to be ongoing is it going to be another? Oh, it is yeah. going to be ongoing. Yeah, right it's
4: outside. ongoing monthly starting uh, with, the, like you said, in the previews that just came out, which is the what the May catalog for mm-hmm. July shipping products. So starting in July,
0: issue number one, ongoing. And five different, five different covers. Five different covers. And if you want to get a look at the covers, we're rotating them on the Twitter feed and on the Facebook pages, so take a look at them there. We have yeah. two by Mr. Chew, right? We have the the safe for work and the not safe for work versions. If I'm correct, right? Yes. We have uh, Jamal Eigel. We have. Uh, let's see. I have to bring that up now.
4: Yeah, Jamal's doing the uh, the retailer exclusive. So if retailers uh, want, they can get a uh, a Jamal Eigel cover with their store name, custom printed on the cover. Yeah. Zombie tramp in the alleyway out front of their store. And then we've got two variant covers, one by Jerry Gaylord, who just did the book uh, Fanboys vs. Zombies for Boom, and we've got a Josh Howard uh, virgin variant cover uh, that's uh, just all artwork, Josh Howard artwork, no logos or
0: any graphics. So that's what you mean by the virgin cover, not yeah. she is. Okay, I was going to say. I'd kind of <laughs> negate the tramp part of the zombie tramp if she were. <laughs> So five different covers. It's really awesome, including the Retailer Incentive uh, by Jamal. And uh, again, that's available in this month's previews. Um, Check it out for sure. Um, So free comic book day. I know a lot of our uh, creators from Action Lab Creative Types are going to be appearing at different uh, comic shops in their areas and their neighborhoods. Are any of you appearing anywhere this Saturday for free comic book day?
1: Um. Yeah. Um. I'm going to Rancho Cucamonga in uh in California, Southern California. It's it's like an hour drive for me, but it's it's totally worth it. It's um it's like a huge carnival. Um, I've been there. This will be my third year going. Um, it's kind of weird right now because um there's been fires kind of near there, so I think I don't I'll, I'll call in to make sure that the combo are still going down if it, you know, if not I'll I'll announce where I'm going I'll go elsewhere but but yeah it's 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 a really good event um it's like they they feed everybody like there's there's like re- there's like mexican wrestlers outside There's, like all kinds of cosplayers that they're there there's like cobra like doing blood drives or something I don't know it's just <laughs> it's it's pretty cool
0: wow i expect some photos from you on your twitter
1: yeah it's it's huge that um they close off like the whole um like parking structure and the whole thing's outside and um and there's all these all these indie, indie artists and and, and some um, some legit artists and a couple you know like Boom was there last year like they, they get a couple of um of studios to go and, and just sell stuff and um you kind of have to zigzag through it all, um, outside just to get inside to get to pick up your free comic book. It's pretty cool. What's some the name of the costume. store? It's called um, Four Color Fantasies.
4: Oh, I think that sounds familiar, yeah.
1: Yeah, great store. Great store. I did also do the um, when we do the 24 hour comic book challenge, I go down there for that too. That's 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 pretty cool.
0: Jason, are you signing anything anywhere? TM, uh,
4: I am not. Uh, TM, I don't think you are. TM, this is his first book. And from my understanding is that uh he, you haven't even been to a comic convention yet, right, sir? <laughs> no, no convention. That's either. awesome. Wow. <laughs> that just off awesome. okay. <laughs> I like it. It's cool. So we're gonna books. have to get him out. I don't think you're not you're not going anywhere for free comic book day, right? Right. Yeah, we're gonna have to get him <laughs> out to
0: uh good
4: signings of what uh I know we're gonna wanna set up some signings for issue one, so uh, hopefully we can get everybody doing some signings uh, yeah, today. You can a shortly, wear a mask, so. bro. Like,
1: yeah,
0: you can wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> oh you like an F doom or something.
1: Yeah, I, I I tend to do that on the um, on the um, on the free comic book t- uh, book page. You can look up like oh, who's gonna be at what stores and things like that. And uh, Four Color Fantasies put up like like photos of everybody that's going to be there with, with their bio bio outline or whatever. And I, I just gave him a picture with like a, an Ultraman helmet. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> nice. like
0: no need, no need to see what my face. Sweet. Sounds like a good time. Well, thanks for being on with me guys. I really appreciate the, uh, the book is zombie tramp, uh, out for free comic book day, which is uh, going to be imminent by the time you hear of this podcast. Um, also, the ongoing series is available in this month's previous catalog. Go ahead and order that with uh, one of the several wonderful variant covers that are available. Uh, thanks for your time, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. No problem.
1: Doing yeah.